Hi, Cindy. Heyo. Episode 79, and it has been three weeks, a month. I don't know. I'm bad at math. There's a ton to talk about. Mm-hmm. A ton, a ton, a ton. Loads and yeah. loads. <laughs> no Lucas with us this week. He just got back from, how long was he in Europe for? Like three weeks, a month? Mm, I think maybe a good two weeks. I don't know. It might be longer than that. We should ask him. Yeah, he, he was gone for a while. He was in England. He was in Sofia. He was back in England. He got to watch Tottenham still not win twice. Mm. Yeah, so he just got back just barely. So he's jet lagged and Megan's got other stuff going on. Um, but we got a podcast, and I am pumped to talk about it. I, I feel like I'm a little rusty, but I'm pumped to talk some NWSL. Hmm. Yeah. Bef- yeah. Before we do that, should we pump Matt's podcast and be nice? No, he doesn't even listen to ours. <laughs> he doesn't listen to ours. Oh, man, you're right. I want to be nice to everyone, but you know what? That's fine. We won't pump <laughs> Matt Montgomery's podcast, which is a named after a podcast he once had, and that's all we're gonna say about our friend's podcast. Yeah, just involving sports. Yeah, just kidding, Matt. He's not gonna hear this. He's not. <laughs> He's gonna have zero idea. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. we could probably just talk about chocolate. And board games, and he would have no idea. <laughs> you know, who knows? There, there might be a, like a little radar that goes off, and it's like someone's using the word chocolate and board games in the same sentence. Oh my god! Let's go. I don't know. I don't know. All right, we'll dig into it. So we have, like I said, an absolute ton to talk about. I may as well start with the beginning beginning in chronological order so nwsl finals i was pumped for this game were you pumped for this game no (laughs) you weren't by halftime i was the opposite of pumped i was extremely bored and ready to go do something else okay so i i was excited for for the potential the potential of chicago actually playing a good game and because they've played all season, they did really good against North Carolina. And then it's just like, what happened? It was actually a very discouraging game. I have nothing against North Carolina Courage. I know a lot of people love to throw hate on them and all that. But I I just am kind of like over the dominance and would like to see a new team. And I thought Chicago would get the job done. And did not and that was disappointing i echo all those sentiments they just got destroyed and that was also sam kerr's last game in the nwsl which was real sad was really hoping that she would lead chicago to victory but that was not to be i have yet to like talk to someone in wilso world who does not love Sam Kerr. Like even RSL people I know who 
know nothing about women's soccer except for Sam Kerr. And they love Sam Kerr. Hmm. I, I could think of someone. Ian. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. That is fair. Yeah, poor guy. He's never going to get a kiss blown at him from an Australian superstar ever again. Man, rough life. Rough life indeed. So, um, yeah, North Carolina won again. Four to nothing. It was kind of a demolishing. And uh, we'll uh, see if they win it again next year. Um, So we do have some W League news as well, the Australian League. Last year I was really, really pumped and excited. I tried to follow as many games as I could. And then um, it started hitting me once I started watching some of the games that... um, writing papers and watching soccer at 2 a.m. was not a super good idea, trying to multitask that. Um, And so while I'm excited about the W League, I'm not as pumped this year as I was before, and so I don't think we're going to cover it in depth as much. Also, there's just not as many players to talk about. Last year, we had six players go, seven if you include Katrina Gorey, This year, it's just Mallory Weber, who's going to Adelaide United FC, which is the team that Gunny played for last year. And then Katie Stengel is going to Canberra, who Rachel Corsi played for last year. So just the two of them, unless any others are announced. And I was really surprised about Katie Stengel um, because I asked her and she said she was not going to Australia. But she is going, so that's cool. Good for her. Any thoughts on the W League, Cindy? Well, uh, I think it's great. And I am not as committed as many people because I fall asleep at like 9 p.m. at night. But um, yeah, I, I think it's a little surprising that there are not that many players this year. But at the same time, I get it because you play a full NWSL season and eventually your body just, and if you go to the W league, it's just your body just never gets to catch up. And Mm -hmm. so I'm like, Hmm, maybe there's a theory that players are so tired by the time they come back that they don't perform well. And that's why Utah Royals FC are not in the playoffs. And that's my theory. And I'm sticking to it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, to an extent, so take a player like Gunny, Plays in the NWSL, has a bunch of international duty, goes to Australia, has a bunch of international duty sprinkled with that, gets like barely any time off. W League ends in February, um, get maybe like two weeks. Then you have preseason starting back in Utah, and then you do the whole NWSL sprinkled with international duty all over again. Mm-hmm. That's got to be super, super, super tough. Both her and Rachel Corsi did that last year, and it just sounds exhausting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounds exhausting. Yeah. So, you know, they need they they needed the break, and so take it, refresh, do what you got to do, you know, come back healthy. But it's cool to see Mallory Weber go. I don't know if she's done – I haven't done the research, but I don't think she's – this might be her first year. Am I – 
Oh man, that's a good question. That's well, a good question. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up real quick. Okay. Uh and then Katie Stengo switched teams. Yeah, it's I think it's good that they're not over exerting themselves <laughs> with like you said, if if you're playing for, you know, the W League and then NWSL and then you do country duty and then there was a World Cup on top of that this year. It's just eventually it probably catches up to you. I mean I play once a week on a Sunday and on Monday I'm like so tired and exhausted. So <laughs> I can't imagine doing that for life for a whole year, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so that's W League news. Alex Morgan is pregnant. Ooh. That that is going to add some complexity to the Olympics roster. Um, I don't know if that changes anything happening in Orlando that much because mm. it seems like they are just so bad that even Alex Morgan can't help them out. Not that she played much mm. last year, but, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. It's gonna... No, I say it. that's awesome. But yeah, you're right. It'll probably add a lot of complexity when she's ready to come back. And so they're going to be stuck in a position where it's like, well, obviously Alex Morgan is like a mainstay on the U.S. national team. And so, huh, it's going to be a fun one. (laughs) Definitely, definitely transitioning to U.S. women's national team news. We have a coach. It's not more Harvey. It is Vladko from the rain. That was basically confirmed by a couple of like exit interviews after the final or um, sorry, after they got eliminated before the final um, Casey Murphy basically saying that like he was a fantastic coach to have wish him all the best something like that, and then it got announced a little bit later than that. But So he is going to be the coach, and I think he's going to do a stellar job. Yep, I'm 100% behind that. So excited. So exciting to have a coach like Flatco coach the women's national team, and the players love him. Um, he is a very popular coach with the players, with just everyone who knows him. Um, So that's really cool that a lot of people are just excited. And I think what's even cool about this is that it's someone from the league. You know, it's not just someone off the radar that people kind of know, but not really. Whereas everyone knows if you do follow women's soccer, and if you don't, uh, but um, yeah, it's kind of cool. So yeah, he's going to hold an ID camp in December, so hopefully we'll get to see s- some new players. He's definitely going to change a lot, and I think that's probably going to make people uncomfortable, um, especially because I think Joe Ellis was a different kind of coach, and I think she gave in maybe a lot to player demands. Um, and I just hope that players are nice to Vladko and they're not like trying to overrule him or overtake him 
Um, yeah. So it's kind of cool to that we're going to get to see players that kind of Joe Ellis ruled out with her experiments, um, like Lynn Williams and Casey Short. So, yeah, it'll be cool. It, I think Vladko's a really good coach. Sorry. And both of those players deserve shots, too. I just feel like, you know, Jill Ellis didn't jive super well with Lynn Williams is what we heard. And then Casey Short is just so hard to understand. Mm-hmm. I think it was just an unwillingness to sort of let go of the old guard, which hopefully we'll see because, you know, Casey Short is incredible, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about a little bit more later in the podcast. But she has pulled up several names, um, four, of, or he has pulled up several names, four of which have... Um, never been capped by the U S women's national team. Um, mm. And so that is Aubrey Bledsoe, Elena cook, Amani mm-hmm. Dorsey and Margaret purse. So, um, and then also pulled up, like you said, you already said Lynn Williams and Casey short, but also Andy Sullivan, who I think sort of got the wrong end of Jill Ellis's stick a little bit too, if that makes sense. I think Andy Andy Sullivan is an incredible player, and uh, she had a lot to do with some of Washington's successes this year. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I think especially with the ID camp that comes in December, we're gonna see a lot of names that you know we uh, weren't exactly sure if they were gonna be in the U.S. Women's National Team picture at all. But um, sort of give them, you know have Vladko do his due diligence to give everyone a shot should be pretty exciting. And Vladko also won coach of the year um, again. So he's won it before, but yeah, kind of a cool just for him to wrap up his NWSL experience knows a lot of these players and it'll be good. I'm excited. I'm excited to just kind of, be a fan again of the U.S. national team. I think it was really hard for me to get behind Ellis. Um, love the players. I think they're all very lovable. But, um, yeah, Joe Ellis was just – I did not understand her tactics. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, they drove me in player choices, and it was just yeah. – yeah, it's crazy. Hopefully no more Carly Lloyd or less of Carly Lloyd. I'm, I'm really thinking with Latko, mm-hmm. especially, I, you know, when you talk about player choices, I, th- I think that's a great one. And especially with wanting to sort of like back personnel, I, I definitely get that with Jill and maybe this is a hot take and maybe I'm a horrible person, but for me, there's something about Carly Lloyd, which is just extremely unlikable. Do you get that vibe too? Am I crazy? I think she's just very confident to a point where she thinks she is the best and she just has this arrogance about her that really make it hard for people to really like her. So at the same time, it's great because it's helped her Mm -hmm. along the way, you know, but, you know, if you block media because they say something negative about you or, you know, it's like, eh. I I think she's a phenomenal player. Um but yeah, I think yeah, I, I 
well, obviously I don't know her, but I think she definitely thinks she's like the greatest thing since sliced bread. So, you know, whatever. (laughs) But I would be okay if she does not make the Olympic roster. I think at this point, you know, new era, you have to go by, you know, performances and your resume can't carry you over until the Olympics, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, you know? Do you think the U.S. can win the Olympics with Vlatko? I think so. Um, I think a lot of the reason why the U.S. women did not win in 2016 were just poor tactics. And I think Vlatko's smarter than that, and he knows how to use players. And he believes in players. So I think, obviously, players are the ones who play the game, but coaching is a lot behind it. So I think they have a good chance. We won't see France because they didn't make it. You know, you won't see those teams that were used. I don't think we'll even see Germany. No. Right? No, I don't believe so. Because cause their whole system of qualifying is odd. It's very weird. It's very weird. But I don't know. It'll be cool. I think definitely the contenders are going to be the U.S. and the United Kingdom because they can play as – they're not playing just as England. They're playing as the United Kingdom, I believe, this upcoming World Cup. So so that'll be a very solid team, I think. It will be. It will be. I'm excited. I'm really excited for the Olympics, and I know it's still forever away. Because I really, really, really like U.S. Women's National Team games that matter because it feels like so many of them are just irrelevant, you know? Because the, yeah. they're all just friendlies, meaningless friendlies. So it's nice to play for something that, that matters again, especially with changes both, you know, on the pitch and on the sidelines. It'll be good. All right, so our next mm-hmm. topic is we've talked about it in previous weeks. Louisville 2021 is finally official. So they will be entering the league this season after the next. Um, Sacramento is still extremely likely to be announced and happen next year. And I think that explains. Um, several things going around the league, which we'll talk about later. And then um, LA and Atlanta are looking at 2021, 2022, or 2023. Don't know when it will happen, but Louisville is definite. Mm -hmm. Sacramento is more than likely definite, which is pretty Mm -hmm. exciting. Pretty exciting. Yeah. So (laughs) it's good. We've talked about it. Expansion is needed and we're kind of just waiting for Sacramento for that Sacramento announcement. It'll even out not only the schedule, but I think talent will be spread out. You need growth and it'll be good. We've talked about it on previous pods, Mm -hmm. but the thought of having anyway. an even number of teams is also super awesome. I do not like the odd number. I'm not a fan of it. 
10, mm-hmm. 10 will be good. Especially with nine teams. Yeah. You know? Blech. Very small league. So mm-hmm. we talked earlier about Vladka winning Coach of the Year, which was incredibly well-deserved given the millions of injuries that Rain FC team had. Uh, Sam Kerr won Most Valuable Player. I don't think anyone can contest that. What she did was mind-blowing to be gone for the World Cup and still score 15-plus goals is is pretty wild mm-hmm. to win the Golden Boot there. Um, Aubrey Bledsoe won Goalkeeper of the Year. I thought that was a decent choice. I thought that there were... Um, I thought Kaylin Sheridan could have won it, but I don't really have any complaints with Aubrey Bledsoe winning it. She was really, really good. Um, and then yeah. Bethany Balser won Rookie of the Year, undrafted, goes to Rain FC. Absolutely wild what she did this year. And I think um, Sam Stop was also a pretty good rookie. She didn't win anything, but she was would have been my runner-up. Did you disagree with any of those, um, I don't know what to call them, legitimate awards from the league? <laughs> no, I think these were these were spot on. The um, MVP, MVP made sense. Goalkeeper of the year made sense. Coach of the year made sense. Rookie of the year made sense. And I noticed... You did not put Defender of the Year there. Oh, I did I did not. I think it's because we're going to talk about it later. But we can talk about it now. I'm good to talk about it now. Yeah. Um, which, which would take us into the whole system. And that would be our next set- segment, talking just about how off, how bogus and ridiculous the best and second 11 were along with Defender of the Year. Nothing against Becky Sauerbrunn. We love her. She's a phenomenal player. But definitely the wrong pick for Defender of the Year. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely the wrong pick. And Becky, being lover of truth that she has even tweeted that it should have gone to Casey Short, which I think everyone knows that it should have gone to Casey Short. But... That's not the only problem with the award. So when when mm. we talk about joke awards, we mean the NWSL best and second 11. I, I don't even know where to begin to start with this. Cindy, I'm just going to let you take it. So let's talk about the best 11. Here is the list. So we had Aubrey Blatzo, goalkeeper of the year. Fair. But then you go down the defensive line. You have players like Ali Krieger, Becky Sabron, Abby Dowkemper, all who were gone with the national team for a majority of the season. Casey Short, we agree on. And then you have Lindsey Horan, Julie Ertz, and Rose LaBelle in the midfield. What? And then the front line, Press, which I think, considering the time the Press was with Utah and her time away and the contributions to her team, I think she is worthy of it. And Kerr, obviously. But then you have Tobin Heath. So there is a problem when the best 11 
reflects a popularity contest. Um, a lot of the blame probably can be easy to place it on the fans. I don't think it's the fans. Um, a lot of the people, a lot of media did not receive the ballot. I did not receive a ballot. Um, I had a chance to vote last year in the preliminary rounds, you know, the second round, the final round, didn't get an email. A lot of even people who are in the NWSL Media Association did not get a ballot. So there was a lot of under-representation. Um, and I think this is all on the league. It's not on the fans. It's not on the GMs. It's not on the players. It's not on the coaches. It was poorly handled. And that comes from, you know, they don't really have a communications team in the NWSL right now. So the league office is kind of absent right now. Um, and so that really just, it's on the league. I, I really hope that people back off the fans. Yes, of course, they're going to vote for their favorites. You know, if you're a fan and, and you follow the league because of certain players, that's who you're going to choose. But um, that's only 20% of the vote. So what happened? Um so it's supposed to be owners, GMs, and coaches, 20%. And I wonder how much really the owners, GMs, and coaches, I think coaches do, but GMs and owners, do they really pay that much attention to each individual player in the league? I don't think so. Fans are 20%, media are 20%, and players are 20%. So there was this whole uproar on Twitter that it was embarrassing it did not make sense. What's going on? Uh, so, yeah. So people who cover the league, who follow the league, had a very different take on who is the best 11. But it really, it's it's not only embarrassing, but it makes the league look like a joke, um, especially when you have, you know, Alex Morgan talking about how wrong it is, Ellie Long burning her team, you know, we had two people associated with the North Carolina front office and a North Carolina player who was listed on the second team, you know, just that these awards are not going to be taken seriously. And the league is going to lose credibility if they continue to do this. So there's a lot of theories. How did this happen? So there's one potential the intern only read the fan data, and that's what was put I out. I think that's what's happened. There's been reports that no, did what I, happen. No, no, no I'm just proven. joking. Like, I could see that <laughs> being what happens, or we'll talk about another conspiracy theory in a minute. And it, I, I actually, yeah, I could see that. There's, I mean, seeing the the two, the 11, the second 11, first 11, it's like, that looks like a total fan vote. Like there is no way that's the full vote, you know? So, you know, reports of emails not getting out, changes in communication, as I mentioned. Um, yeah. And then you sent these to like media who barely even probably cover the league. And they also vote by what they know, who they know. So... Players maybe don't watch film. Maybe they vote for their own teammates. So was it rigged to capitalize on the World Cup? Virgil, what do you think? I I mean, maybe. For me, it's just so wild, and it makes 
no sense when you have so many people who are talking about how bad it is. Uh, to, to go back a little bit to what you were talking about earlier, is so Dabinia, MVP candidate, such an incredibly good player. Like, I would kill to have Dabinia on our team. Not on the first or the second team. Kelly O'Hara played 9.82. She literally played less than 10% of possible minutes. A player like that, don't put him on the best 11. Or the second best, right? We talked about Rapino earlier too. Six games, zero goals, zero assists. World Cup should not translate over. I just don't. I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand. Um, and so I think that I, I don't necessarily think that like it was rigged to capitalize on the world cup, but something that was super, super interesting is that when we look at this notion of in, in the sort of the new contracts for next year of like allocated players, players who can be paid above the um, max salary, which is going to be 50,000. Um, one of the, or I guess like a potential requirement for that is to be on the first or second team. So I, I wonder if some like a little bit of finagling went on to include players on one of these two best 11s in order to either keep a player on, on a certain team or to be able to like move a player to another team. <gasps> I, I didn't think about that. You didn't? Yeah. I, I whoa, that actually makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think they fiddled with it for sure. And I it and because it is US soccer and knowing that the changes were coming, maybe they did. We have a conspiracy theory, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So that, yeah, I don't even know, but mm. yeah, it was definitely wild. I think some players who deserved a shot in the top 11 that definitely didn't were, I thought Lynn Williams was fantastic for North Carolina. Uh, Yuki Nagasato was in the second best 11, I think, but she definitely should have been in the first, uh, Abby Urseg, Lauren Barnes, Andy Sullivan were all great as well. Sarah Gordon from Chicago had a very decent year as well. I thought Emily Menges, uh, Mingus from Portland wasn't bad. Um, so many potential options that just didn't happen. I just don't get it. I just don't get yeah. it. And let this be a lesson for next year. Um, things when it need to get restructured. I don't think, um, I think those who pay the most, I think the media needs a higher percentage, not just because we ourselves cover the league. And, but I think, you know, when you devote so much of your time to the league, you know, give the media some cred. I think the fan vote matters, but I don't think they need 20%. Um, I don't think GMs and coaches do either. Um, so that's my take. I think players having, you know, I, you know, I get it, but I think it should be media, coaches, 
actually media players, coaches don't include GMs and owners and then fan vote. That's my take on that. There's got to be some restructuring going on, but also just better communication. It's just, that's what it comes down to. For sure. And, you know, ultimately I don't, I don't have as much a problem with the, the weighting of the, you know, each category getting like a 20% vote. I think it's just, you need to have that communication and, you know, you need to, to not play Russia with it a little bit. <laughs> um, because yeah, I don't get it. it. It makes no logical sense. I have not talked to a single person who looked at those best 11s and was like, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I voted for that. No one. Literally no one. The NWSL Player Association, so, so different. I think it's okay to, well, maybe not all coaches, but I think we can trust most coaches to do a decent job picking out who is the best or playing the best in the league, but I don't know. There will Mm. never be that level of transparency, I guess. Mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, or, or maybe there will be. I don't know. But on on a positive note, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> on on to twenty twenty. Yeah. And speaking of twenty twenty, should we talk about the new composition? Comp? Well, I can't even talk. Compensation guidelines that the league rolled out. We should, although real quick, I want to read Becky Sauerbrunn's tweet uh, just because she's incredible and sort of recognizing (laughs) how we all feel. I'm very appreciative of this and please know that even being considered for this award is an honor. Um, Lauren Barnes, Abby Ursag, Jaylene Hinkle, and especially Casey Short. She didn't spell the whole names. All have better claims to this award than I. I must acknowledge that the quality they I must acknowledge that and the quality they brought to their teams this NWSL season. It's going to be hard to take the league seriously if stuff like this continues to happen. And I think mm-hmm. that as fans and media, we we have not only an obligation but an opportunity to sort of hold the league accountable mm-hmm. with. Um, I don't want to say mean tweets, but harassing them because literally no one agreed with that. Every single response mm-hmm. to those tweets was just, you know, you're full of nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. restructuring, um, that should be something that we talk about because incredibly, incredibly, incredibly important. There's mm-hmm. a ton of stuff here, and I don't know if we want to cover. We'll cover all of it. We'll cover all of it. So, first and <laughs> foremost, um, salary cap increase. As every year has gone by, the salary cap has increased, and this year is no different. Um, this year it's been a 19.33% jump, which is not bad. Um, the maximum salary has jumped from 46000 to two forty six thousand two hundred to 50000 So... $4,800 more, not bad. And the minimum has jumped from 
16,538 to 20,000. So the minimum is still far, far, far from a living wage, but it's a jump. And that's really what you need, I think, to sort of retain players because to a certain extent, love of the game is not going to keep someone going with it, you know? Yeah. No, I you got to actually be able to pay people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Another addition is allocation money. And this is something we've seen work relatively well in major league soccer. And so essentially what happens is that for a player, um, if they want to have a salary and they're not designated by us soccer or the Canadian Federation and, uh, the NWSL basically can pay them more or teams can pay them more than the 50,000 that they are allowed. And they can purchase up to $300,000 from the league and then use that, that sort of money to cover salary. Um, I, my conspiracy theory on this is that this was used specifically um, for Sam Kerr. So they could match offers coming in from Europe so Chicago could retain her. That obviously didn't work. And uh, this is what we were talking about earlier. Um, one of the criterion is that the player has to be on either the best XI or the second XI for either two of the most recent seasons. Um, hence conspiracy theory. Um, a, an international player who has more than three caps for their national team, or they have to win MVP, Golden Boot, Rookie of the Year, Defender of the Year, or they can just be any domestic player who has played five seasons or more in the NWSL. And uh, yeah, so I, I think this will be good. I think it'll be good in the league needs it, particularly as soccer grows worldwide and those European leagues are, are, are getting more and more competitive and, and clubs like Chelsea are sort of showing up and saying, okay, we're, you know, willing to pay someone like Sam Kerr a relatively decent salary. It's definitely not like a, you know, a, a, a Premier League salary by, by any means, but a plethora, a lot more money than what they would be paid in the NWSL. So that's nice. That's progress. Well, what are your thoughts on allocation money, Cindy? Yeah, I think... I think it's needed. I think, uh, I think it'll make it, it'll make just players a lot more desirable and, and, you know, worth, worthy too. Um, I think it's, I think that's, I think that's needed. Like you said, it's, it's helped (laughs) major league soccer, but, um, yeah, I think it's needed. I think all of these changes are needed and they are coming as the NWSL is trying to kind of take control, you know, trying to take, you know, tell U.S. soccer to, you know, keep your hands off the league. Thanks for helping us, but we can take over from now. It's kind of like this independence of like, thanks, mom and dad. <laughs> we're, we're grown up now. We'll be okay. Um, yeah, I think these changes are good. And like you said, the Sam Kerr, it's not 
the end of it, it's not that Chicago didn't try. It's just she wants to go overseas, and um, why not? If that's an opportunity, obviously super bumming for the league because she is a huge name. Um, this is where she started her career. This is where she flourished. But if there's an opportunity for her to play overseas, why not? You know. So, hmm. There we go. I think these changes are good and needed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're not going to stop there, though. So I think another huge step is player contracts. Most mm-hmm. NWSL players don't have a whole ton of stability in their lives. And I think the ability to sign a player up to a three-year contract is huge. Because frankly, uh, if I'm correct, before the, this year, outside of players who had like one year and then an option. I, I think the max that a player or the, the only two players who had contract lengths more than just a year or a year and an option were Marta. And I think Ellie Carpenter, I heard, I'm not so sure on Ellie Carpenter, but definitely on, yeah. on Marta. And so to be able to lock players in is huge. I think particularly in terms of, you know, trying to retain talent as well as give players a little bit more stability, which is definitely, definitely super awesome. So can go all the way up to three years plus an option year. So technically four year mm-hmm. contracts. What I think is sort of the biggest thing that's going to be overlooked that's been an addition is there is no longer an additional cap for teams to assist in terms of like housing and auto expenses. Instead, um, housing is basically mandated to be provided by all players, both on a senior and a supplemental roster, which is absolutely huge and goes a ginormous way in making players feel like they're actually professionals, which is... I'm a huge fan of. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. Also, um, in terms of discovery list, players or teams can have up to three players. But more importantly than that is that especially as the women's game begins to develop more and more and more and we have more money um, surrounding it, is that there are now the opportunity for transfer fees to acquire players outside the NWSL and um, that is going to be huge. I think particularly um, one that hits close to home is that recently a rumor went around where um, Vero said that she would like to go and play for club Deportivo Tacon in, which is basically um, the, the women's Real Madrid, which is starting up. And so she wants to go be a part of that, which is definitely not good news for her, for, for us. But, you know, if if we can work out a way to get a, some transfer money for her or even another player, that is huge and really gives the teams some bargaining power in the international sphere, which they frankly didn't really have before. Yeah, and that's what I was trying to look into, where it's like now with the change rules, I think, um, you know, if indeed her desire does 
become true, Real Madrid would have to pay Utah and ask for some money for her if they want her. Um, so I think right now the advantage is on Utah. I don't think it's on Vero or even Real Madrid. If I'm understanding the new rules correctly, right? Where like a player, I mean like a club would mm-hmm. have to mm-hmm. pay for yeah. that player, which yeah. In theory, advantages the club, which is huge. Um, in practicality, yeah. I'm not so sure on Utah, considering that if you follow RSL, <laughs> anyone who follows RSL <laughs> knows this, that RSL is, if there was an award for letting players walk free and not get a transfer fee for them, RSL would win. And trust me, that's not an mm-hmm. award that you want to win. So hopefully that changes and you get something <laughs> from Vero, but um if past is precedent, then I mean, maybe she just walks. I hope not. But the fact that that is now mm-hmm. a plausibility is good for teams in the NWSL. I think it's good for players worldwide. It's good for soccer as a whole, for, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and Vero, Utah did exercise the option on her contract. So the club holds the rights. Um, she pretty much has to stay another season, but, um, and you could see that, I mean, she's from Spain. It's only logical that she would want to go play for this new club, but I don't see it happening. I think it's just a rumor at this point. You know, it's like Kristen Press wanting to play in California. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know. I don't know. She she's apparently waiting for a phone call, and she and and she's <laughs> complaining about not getting the phone call to play there. I don't know. It'll be really interesting to to find out. I think also um, some of the players that we signed on the waiver wire are indicative that someone in the attack is leaving. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's her, but someone definitely is with the three players we signed. About an hour before uh, we press record, which we'll talk to you in a second. So in terms of waivers, we didn't get rid of anyone. And that was honestly Mm -hmm. a bit of a shock to me. We had a lot of questions about this and I'm not going to, I'm just going to sort of group them all because it's a long podcast as is. But um, on one hand, it is shocking to me because I think that if this team wants to compete, like, there are players that need to go. They just need to go. Um, but at the same time, if expansion is happening, it does make sense to keep every asset you have around if possible. That way um, you have more, I guess, sort of players that aren't as valuable to you that you can put up for expansion. And uh, then you, you know, you, you, you have the, the likelihood that you're going to keep more players that, you might want to keep or p- protect more players, you know, what are your thoughts on the waiver retainment list? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on, <clears throat> excuse me, that it was, it was a little surprising to see that Utah decided to keep the roster intact just because we saw last season that there was going to be some need for changes. So the fact that there wasn't, um, you know, it's kind of like, eh. um, yeah, 
Very interesting. I'm not quite sure what they're thinking. I, but if indeed, like you said, if indeed expansion is happening and rumored and what we all think is happening, it makes sense to want to protect as many players. I mean, to have assets, um, Utah, if the rules stay from 2015, can only protect 10 anyway. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was a little shocked, honestly. I didn't, I expected a few names to go on the waiver wire, but, you know, this is the NWSL and it surprises you in every form possible way that it can be. Um, but even so, for the exercise options, those are the club has control. For the new contracts offer, a player can opt out, um, but they would have to like leave the league. They can't go sign to mm-hmm. another club. So um, the power is still within the club itself. Um, so very interesting. We shall. And then there was an addition of three players. So it's kind of wild to yeah, me. But I. I there's yeah. going to be competition for roster spots, especially at that forward position mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think the additions are good. And with the addition of um, the collegiate player, who is, I believe, Kyra Carusa, she's actually, so, you know, Utah has her rights. So should she decide to come back to play in the NWSL? Utah gets, you know, first dibs. She's not like, she's not a Utah player. She cannot be added to the roster as -hmm. of yet. Um, So, but yeah, I guess we just have to wait and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So there were five players taken off the waiver wire and we took three of them which was kind of wowza. So Orlando took Chloe Lagarza. Sorry. (coughs) Had like a cough halfway through that. Try to keep it in. Mm -hmm. So Orlando took Chloe Lagarza, the Australian international from the Washington spirit. And then Washington took Casey Tillman. Uh, Chloe Lagarza is interesting Mm -hmm. to me because she's a very high caliber player. Um, I think it's pretty indicative that she wanted out of Washington um by being on the waiver wire and she's probably not going to stick around with Orlando probably going to go to Europe but she was probably the best player on the waiver list and I really was hoping that um Utah could have grabbed her and I'm sure that they were interested but Orlando having the worst record um they got to basically they basically got first dibs on whoever they wanted mm-hmm. but Three players we took. Um, and like Cindy said, it's important to note that doesn't mean that we're going to keep them at all. Uh, the people we picked might just be put up for expansion. Um, but at, at the very least, Laura's like, hey, there's potential. Let's see what we can do here. So the first was Kyra Carusa. Don't know a whole ton about her. She played... Um, in two different colleges, she graduated from Georgetown University. She got drafted last year as the 19th pick by Sky Blue, and she was basically like, nope, don't want to be in this mess. So she went to France and did some stuff there. And maybe she'll come to Utah. Maybe she won't. Maybe we'll just retain her rights. It's 
I don't really have any expectations for that. If she can come in and win a spot, great. If she does it all. Hmm. Yeah. And then you have Callie. How do you say her name? Fuck you know, I you. deliberately paused because I wanted you to try to pronounce it because I wanted you to be the one to embarrass yourself and not me. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Callie, I know. That is it's slimy to me. That, yeah, you suck. <laughs> um, so Callie Farquharson is... Oh man, that's yeah. such a cool, awkward, super eccentric last name. <laughs> Farquharson. Probably mm-hmm. saying that wrong. Sorry, Callie. Farquharson. Um, <laughs> so she is 26 years old. So sort of entering her prime, which is kind of exciting. She played 13 games last year, six of which are starts, but she has had some injury issues uh, pretty much every year she's played. Um, So, for example, the year before last, she only played five games, and her stats are kind of worrisome. In 44 games, she only has two assists, no goals. I think it's definitely the type of signing that's like, okay, let's bring you on. Let's see what you can do and uh, compete for a spot. The... Most exciting option, I think, out of the players that we picked up, though, is in my mind, Ariel Ship. So she and hit and she and Harvey actually have a bit of history. She was originally drafted by Rain FC in the 2017 draft. And then um Harvey basically traded her for Diana Matheson. And uh she's young. She's 24. She's gonna turn 25 in May. She uh, she has she may she has 24 appearances in her career, recording two goals and four assists. Not some bad stats, but uh, she also has had some injury issues as well. Unfortunately, just like her uh, former Washington Spirit teammate uh, last year, she played eight games, four of which were starts, and she wasn't super productive either offensively. I mean, she she was a little bit, but. She uh, wasn't taking a lot of shots in 322 minutes. She only took three shots and then mentioned injury issues earlier. And uh, the year before that, she only played two games due to an ACL tear. So not a whole ton of on-field minutes, but she's supposedly pretty good at the high press. She was named the NWSL Player of the Week in August 2017 for having a standout game. But uh, she has a torn ACL behind her as well as some knee issues last year. But I think... She is probably our best prospect of the players we signed. And it's going to be competition for spots. I think bringing in Ariel Ship is really like Tim Rack, Stengel, or Lytle, or Vero. One of them are going to be gone, I think. Hmm. Hmm. That's a bold, bold prediction, <laughs> Mr. Leonard. <laughs> um, yeah, I think... I think, excuse me, I think these were good additions overall. Um, it's exciting to bring new players. But again, yeah, it'll be competitive. It'll be interesting. Expansion will change things. Um, I am actually, I don't think Utah picked up anybody last year. Um, 
they did put people on the waiver wire, but um, yeah, they're good additions. I think another opportunity for younger players. Um, so hopefully Harvey just learns to trust them because as we saw, she did not trust her bench the last mm-hmm. few games. So <laughs> for sure. Mm. Um, one more thing about the waiver wire too. That's super, super, super interesting is that we heard there was going to be a retirement and some changes coming along with the waiver wire. And so it was super interesting to see what we heard was going to happen, not happen when that list was announced. So yeah, yeah, I am very confused about what's happening and what will happen in the incoming weeks, but drama and unexpectedness is exciting. So I am pumped to see what happens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we shall see. The season is young. The off season is young. It's going to be a wild off season. That is for sure. It sure will. It sure will. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back in maybe next week, maybe a couple weeks, hopefully with an interview for the big 80. All right. Take every, yeah, I know. Right. 80. That's, that's wild. Oh, one more thing I forgot is so our buddy Ryan, um, I don't understand all the details, but he has also been dealing with some complications with white blood cells that the doctors are trying to diagnose. This is kind of breaking. Mm. I, I don't really um, have any details on that, but um, things are starting to improve and now they're sort of stagnant slash declining. So um, if you are a religious person, um, keep him in your prayers. And if you are not, just you know, send good vibes and positive energy to our buddy Ryan. All right. Thanks, everybody. 